Hi, Mel. Good evening, my dear friend. How, How are you? How the hell have you been? Just, uh, you know, just living, keeping on, keeping on, and trying to survive this never-ending pandemic. Ooh, it's been a while. <laughs> right. It's been long enough that I have to reintroduce myself at this point, Mel. <laughs> yes, please do. Please let us know what has happened. Why, why we have we been on hiatus? Uh, yeah, so I've been moving, um, among other life changes that I won't really get into that much detail, but, uh, I have, uh, separated from my husband uh, a few months ago and my name has changed. So now I'm Dr. Evanoff instead of Dr. Mundy. Uh, so that's been, uh, in the midst of changing for the last little bit. My voice okay. is also really rough cause we have like a heck of a lot of fires going on in Alberta right now and it is killing my respiratory system. So you close to the fires in Alberta? There's just like fires everywhere and uh, now it's in my window and I don't like it. So, Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. Anyway, Mel, uh, I don't even know when the last time we talked was. Maybe maybe beginning of February? Yeah, our last podcast was, I believe, mid-February with Daniel Duggar. We were discussing <laughs> COVID and the brain and the effects it has and since then since that podcast there's been like a whole whack of news articles and and journal articles about covid and its effects on the brain and and its viral persistence and and stories about kids in school and their behavior changes and you know rise in self regulation issues reported from principals teachers counselors across the board right mm. oh yeah i saw an, an article earlier today that was going around that was about the 50 percent rise in strokes worldwide yes. but mel mel do you know what was not mentioned in that article <laughs> covid <laughs> The SARS, the SARS CoV two, not the thing that's been around just hanging over us for the last few years that might have changed something, right? Like not that, not no. that one. Yeah, it's definitely not Omicron, right? It's, it's just allergies. Like everyone has allergies right now, or the flu in May. Um, mm, no. <laughs> well, and the thing is, like, my office just got swept with sickness for sure. God knows if we'll ever know it's COVID at this point, just with the the rapid tests as they are and whatnot. But mm -hmm. our immune systems are just shitty too, right? <laughs> That's right. People have just been sick on and off forever. Like it's it's not good. And there's so many people with the lingering COVID cough again. And it's just, it feels like we're back where we started, except we're in complete denial and have no sort of protection measures anymore. Oh, wait, that's where we are. That is where we are. It's actually worse. I'm going to send this article or this whole thread to you on COVID as listed as one of the leading causes of lymphocytopenia. And this is what uh, Daniel Duggar spoke about in our last podcast about how it affects your immune system and how other diseases like HIV and AIDS also causes uh, lymphocytopenia. And this is what they are talking about when they say that your T-cells are destroyed. 
your immune system's destroyed. Hence, people are getting sicker, longer, and more frequently because you have basically depleted and blasted through your white blood cells being repeatedly infected with a biosafety level three virus, which is the SARS-CoV-2 virus, which is now considered endemic and the emergency declared over uh, by the Oh team. my God, Mel. I just... I guess it's time for King Charles's coronation like, today. But, you know... We all we're... feel fucking crazy right now, right? Does everybody yes. feel crazy watching the world around them? Like, yes. what is... We're watching us, like, humanity eat its own brain right now. This is the most ridiculous shit watching the world react to this like i'm thinking of just january to now and how much they've stripped down just because they want to be in denial about the outcomes of this <laughs> it's like getting so bad around us i know but it makes perfect psychological sense as we talked about many times in, on many episodes that uh this was always the path that they were going to take because um as that cognitive dissonance becomes harder and harder to manage right they're going to do as much as they can to reduce uh reduce how bad that dissonance is and instead of changing their thoughts right they're going to strip away all the protections to match what they've been saying instead of actually dealing with what's going on i, I want to do a quick shout out to pete our friend in the uk Hi, Hi, Pete. It's so early in the morning where you are. So early in the morning, but also happy coronation day, sir. <laughs> um, my goodness, yeah, this this COVID hegemony and this rush to normalcy being pushed by all the media, by all the everyone, basically, this rush facts. to normalcy. There are no <laughs> facts with these no. people. There are no facts, right? Like, you can have article after article showing uh, the marginalized communities that are being killed by COVID continuously, and uh, they just don't care at this point. It's not mm -hmm. about, you know, even mm -hmm. having the right fact anymore because they simply don't care. No. And, you know, we saw this in BC where, you know, they lifted masks in hospitals and the same week they did that they had had like the highest COVID hospitalization numbers that they'd had since like January right like it's a it's bad decision after bad decision and it's fully documented but there's no accountability because there's no leaders no there there's isn't. no one to hold them accountable because they've all it's like a societal crush of the 80% of people in the middle of the bell curve that couldn't handle the mental uh, flexibility needed to get through the pandemic and, and it sort of crushed them. Yeah. So now it's toxic positivity all the way, right? It's all change your mindset. <laughs> you know, it's it's just a little SARS infection. You'll, you'll be fine, you know? It, it is the toxic positivity now. Yeah, it's about not addressing the issues we should have addressed in the last four years, which is learning how to clean the air, right? And to well, keep like, ourselves I don't really safe. accept, I don't accept like a 20-year life expectancy decrease. Like, what the fuck, guys? I don't no. want to die when I'm 60. Like, what, why are people acting like this is okay? It's like we've destroyed a hundred years of everything we've learned in the medical field because we decided that it was too tough to uh, actually deal with the protection measures or put a mask on our face. Like, do we realize how insane that is? 
Yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be turning into a situation where now they are trying to frame maskers as criminals, right? That <laughs> Oh my god, I saw that's the PvPs the other day. And they doubled Sorry. down and said Ooh. that, oh, um, the only people who are still masking are are criminals. Um <laughs> Really? I know I saw that and I'm just like, what? How? How? (laughs) How are we still here? And they will stand by it, right? You have you have uh Patricia Daly out there saying that COVID is essentially the same as a cold. And I'm just like That was today, by the way. That was today. (laughs) That was today of of May in 2023, in the fourth year of the pandemic. Um, yeah, and their and literally their own BC, like BC research team, just mere weeks ago put an article out about how COVID has lead, led to increased diabetes in the province. So it's like, are these people even reading their own research? Clearly not. Clearly no, not. No, and there's been, we can post and we've been posting so much research, and anyone who's following us following the research, but. Unless you have been following the scientific research along with us, you really are in a completely different reality. You exist in a completely different reality, which is probably why when you're out wearing a respirator like we do, sometimes (laughs) we get looked at like we're from Mars because they literally have a completely different grasp of reality than those who are extremely COVID conscious and has been following the scientific findings. But you know what I've started to notice, which is not what I want to notice, but is sort of unfortunate, is like, even now, as the sickness sort of hit my office, I felt like I was one of the least impacted, right? That um, everyone, when they're getting sick now, it's it's sort of on and off, right? It's really hard for people to kick and we nobody has sick time left anymore right like Mm -hmm. and you know alberta health services i saw a tweet about it today right like they're pushing their connect care upgrade wave their emr electronic medical record upgrade um and as part of that like you know frontline staff have been pulled and and our wait lists are huge and mental health is just declining everywhere like there's staff shortages across all sorts of um occupations and professional settings right and um, you know, all the issues that we've been seeing and seeing across 2022 and 2023 that were related to uh, letting it spread wildly, we're not gonna, I mean, what do you fuckers think? It's just gonna disappear one day? Fiddles <sighs> oh. will just magically be working and we'll have all the staff back of the staff that have quit and like all the millions of people that have died at this point, like, that the trauma that's caused and the people it's impacted and the and the ripples that that has cr- caused across the years that that's just gonna we're gonna wake up one day and it's gonna be gone. It's such wishful, toxic positivity thinking that it's there's there's no tether to reality in that thinking, and I don't know if it's because the majority of the population has suffered bouts of brain damage from this virus <laughs> where they no longer have the ability for critical thinking and higher level critical thinking or well, I, but that's not it right like and i don't want to i want to be careful with with walking ableist lines because we get a lot of shit when we when we talk about covid brain damage when we talk about that 
people start to get sassy. So I just want to want to tuck that away for the moment, but do want to say like, whether it's COVID, whether it's psychological, just cognitive dissonance, it doesn't matter. We're fucked right now. <laughs> like at this point, I don't even care what it is anymore because it's just like trying to survive it. <laughs> like, okay, what, what else am I supposed to do? Like, I know psychologically that there's nothing that we can sort of magically change right now that's going to be an on-off switch. And all of us continue to do this on the ground, you know, one by one with people talk, continue to do this research. Um, but we also have to be realistic, like protect your lives right now because nobody else is going to. They don't give a fuck. Yeah, it's literally um, you must protect yourself and your family from what we've right. learned. I see doctors that are putting tweets out, the one that was getting passed around saying like, uh, nobody, you can't, you shouldn't be able to demand anyone wear a mask, like freedom, freedom. And you're just like, you're a doctor. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, do, do our elderly, do our kids with cancer, do our immunocompromised, immunodeficient, do our vulnerable populations mean so little to someone that holds the position of a physician that they feel emboldened to say that in a public setting? Where have we gotten to? We've gotten to a much worse place than when we started four years ago. There are ago. no ethics. There's no principles. There's no actual perspective on the issues out there because no one will open their minds to what is going on, right? And that that you have to be willing to be in this constant process of checking and validating your information. It's not just about gaining information. It's about validating it. And this is why we have to try and prove ourselves wrong all the time. Like, that's part of of good knowledge acquisition and also good knowledge translation and that is not what we are seeing across the board from the majority of medical professionals at this point there is so much pressure i believe they the in even in a medical setting there was that piece that came out about vancouver island health about how it's such a toxic work environment that people yeah. are afraid to speak out we didn't need that report. That's some bullshit. I have three years of reports from people that have been saying that they couldn't talk in BC. And Penny Daffos did an article on it, right? Like, this is not new information. No. Right? They are failing in the same ways that they have failed, except they're failing even fucking worse now. They are making the shit pile more shitty. Because it's always about covering their liability right it's it's total ass covering 100 percent of the time they're not making decisions for for protecting us they're protecting themselves of so all the resources are focused on protecting themselves well and not only that they have been supported in the last three years in knowing that making decisions for these populations that have tragic outcomes for them there will be no accountability for them that's what they have learned directly and again psychology will tell you when you let someone run wild and they have no consequences why wouldn't they do it again Correct. they've had no reason to hold their ethics or principles into the light they've had no reason to be good actors because they've been completely held up and rewarded for being bad actors look at bonnie henry and all the awards that she's held yet still three years later no answers 
on, you know, the deaths in homes like my grandma where one third of them died, just no one to account for that, that that was just part of doing business for them. Correct. And so because there was no consequences or any ask for accountability, it's just business as usual. Right. Which is why we have like such look at the toxic <laughs> well look at the drug toxicity deaths right like there's more and more people dying and they just stand there right there's more and more people dying from covid and they just stand there the fact is is these are not the people that they care about that are dying absolutely not Right, and people get all get real squirrely when I start to bring up eugenics, but <laughs> sorry, but if you look through some uh, old ads about what they were focusing on, the medically compromised, we're certainly along those lines, right? Like when we purposefully say to ourselves that we we will fail to take action, that we will stand by. And let these people die because we deem them unworthy of intervening or not worth the effort or the resources or the cost. Ah, that's social murder, motherfuckers. It's a virus that promotes social murder, too, I think. That's a fucking choice. There's enough resources to be doing shit about this right now. This is a fucking choice over and over and over and over and over again. That's why all of us are looking at this just horrified for the last three years because we've been watching each choice right that's right they pick the worst choice always right because because they're they're they were never their purpose was never to actually uh do what they said that they were going to do that was just what they were saying right and we have to always go back to that of like people can say whatever they want that doesn't mean that they're going to do it Correct. We have yet to see upgrades in all the public schools that for the money they were given, right? Public schools by now, year four into the pandemic, should have had all their ventilation upgraded. All of them. But yet we are not seeing that, right? Well, how, how, this is the thing. This is where the staff shortages and the short-term planning go, right? It's like... Nobody can do anything right now. We have hospitals still in massive closures. Hospitals, um, you know, I've been tracking for the last year. It doesn't, it's not getting better. These things are not improving. Like we, people, World Health Organization and, and the Canadian associations and the American associations everywhere, they can keep saying that the emergency is over, but our hospitals don't say that right? Our staff shortages don't say that. You can call it whatever you want at this point. It doesn't actually matter, but it's there. In one breath, the WHO has announced this a mass disabling event by letting people keep getting reinfected by SARS-CoV-2. And then, you know, a few days later, it's like, yeah, I guess emergency's over. It's like, what? What is happening right now? I would love to understand where, what is the line of thinking where in the same week, you tell everyone it's a mass disabling event and it's coming, it's here because people are being reinfected from SARS and developing long COVID. Millions now have long COVID and are disabled from the workforce and from caring and providing for their families. 
and then you declare the emergency over. Wishful fucking thinking, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. All I can do is laugh because these fuckers are just wild. They're wild, Mill. I don't know. I can't understand what they think. Like, there's no, there's no long-term planning, right? They're mm. just sort of trying to get by and survive this moment thinking that uh, maybe some of them believe their own lies, right? Um, that it's going to just suddenly get better. But uh, I don't know. Based on, on any model I can make in my head, I can't see that happening. And it's not about, you know, people want to continue to uh, call us or people in, involved in looking at the COVID uh, information alarmist. But it's like, y'all... Even if it's taking out 1% every six months, you guys realize that fucking adds up. <laughs> like, can you do some fucking math? We can't sustain this forever and we didn't stop killing people. You know, it's like continuing. I'm like wondering, like, how many Canadians have died? We have, like, surpassed wartime numbers for deaths. In, for Canadians and near foreign but it's like pandemic. that's and just that's just just the deaths from acute COVID right yeah. that is not even touching on all these after effects that we now have quite a bit of research piling up to, to suggest it's going poorly or if you want to believe the articles that refuse to name COVID but seem to mention that there's 50% increased strokes recently for some unknown reason I don't know Maybe it has something to do with it, right? But um, it's going to take a while before uh, it's irrefutable, right? Um, it's already, like, the, this stuff is already in getting into books and the diagnostics and stuff like that. Like, when you look at the uh, the thing that's here, lymphocytopenia, right? Like, it's in the, the Merck manual or whatever, Um like, it's starting to enter the actual scientific databases, but holy fuck, do we got a dumbass group of medical professionals out there <laughs> that, like, 80% of them are involved in this bullshit denial and, like, refuse to understand that this job is a privilege and there's an expectation that you will put client care first and not your fucking ego, um, until we get to a place where we can actually manage that. I don't know what we do, right? I don't know what the line is now. Um, but I think there has to be a better line than we've had, considering some of the shit that I've seen come out of people's mouths during this pandemic towards marginalized groups with no accountability. I think the accountability is going to finally happen when it hits the courtrooms and the actuaries get involved. And it affects being able to be employed it affects you being able to be insured for your home or insured for anything um, but there's already american insurance agencies life insurance agencies that are tracking covid right and then that can impact your insurance rates the insurance data and the actuaries have already come out with data saying that there's been a giant increase in like the 30s to 50 year olds like come on guys what else do we need whether it's covid or whether it's something else we're fucking something up maybe we should figure it out maybe it would be great if you could because you know um it's just a slow motion train wreck watching this happen and it's just so painful. So, so painful. Because it's so unnecessary. 
Well, and that's the thing, right? Now we see, I mean, like Fraser Health, since they've listed, lifted the mask mandate in hospitals, right? Like Fraser Health has so many hospital outbreaks right now and the long-term care homes are getting hit again but guys it's may that's the thing this is not december or january we're not in the middle of respiratory season right now this is may and our hospitals and ltcs are being swept like what do we imagine is going to happen as time goes on are the i'm oh wait 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 wait, wait. i got it i got it the elderly have hybrid immunity is that it that's it, right? The non-existent hyperimmunity? Okay. Wait, I have a question, Mel. Why do we all keep getting COVID if we have hybrid immunity? <laughs> because there's no such thing as hybrid immunity, guys. I'm a wee bit confused because it seems to keep growing genetically and we've fucked ourselves pretty well at this point. It's just the same double speak, like immunity debt bullshit, right? I'm sorry, I've never had Ebola or, you know, hantavirus. Does it mean I have immunity debt for Ebola and hantavirus? Like, it's the doublespeak and people repeat it because it's usable in these quick, easy sound bites for misinformation. And then this stupid misinformation that doesn't get checked by any type of scientist gets blasted on, on mainstream media. That's the whole game, right? Is to get those sound bites in because it's not about uh, the longevity of the information. It's about the immediacy of the information and how quickly you can get it out there. Because once it's corrected, nobody cares. Nobody's going to look at corrected information. They just want that little bit of information that they can blast out that uh, hits the emotions, right? Like that's the whole thing of media. It's it's really psychology based in terms of how to target people. And get them interested in that information. Um, but if we look at uh, just Fraser Health, say, <clears throat> so they've got uh, Ridge Meadows Hospital, Eel Ridge Hospital, Burnaby Hospital, Surrey Memorial Hospital, all with COVID outbreaks right now. Wow, that moving masks for them's working out, I guess. <laughs> oh yeah, so good. Like who, <laughs> Mel? <sighs> okay, let me just take a breath here. <laughs> I know, like. What sort of humans got together in a room <laughs> and had a conversation and said, I think it's time that we take these masks away from the hospital. <laughs> and then they decided that was the best thing. Because the pandemic's over. Who are those people and can I find them to throat punch them? <laughs> Because what the fuck? Not a single person objected to this really stupid idea. Like even Alberta, going, la, 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 with their fingers in their ears, like wow. Even Alberta has kept masks in the clinical settings for now. I'm sure that will change soon, depending on the election. Um, but it's yeah, it we're like fighting uphill all the time now, right? And I know everybody feels like that because I talk to lots of people still, and it's like a it's just like slower and sloggier and muddier each time we have to keep doing this and like fighting the same sorts of things. But now, again, we're at the place where there's there's starting to be, um, you know, angry pushback to those that are choosing to still mask because people don't want reminders <laughs> that it's not over. <laughs> like, because I remind them that their brain might not be right and they are upset at that. 
So they want to get mad at me and remove that form of dissonance. Well, fuck off. Thank you very much. I will be wearing my mask. <laughs> because you remind them that their brain might be right or they, they allow their children to be infected with something that will debilitate them in in 15 20 years time i mean we're just now learning about things like epstein-barr virus and it's linked to to ms i have not found shaming to ever be a helpful method of getting someone to change their mind so i don't approach it in that way but i'm gonna go back to my black masks because those seem to be more disconcerting to people so i'm gonna go back to that to go back to uh wearing my because, you know, I'm in a, a community mental health setting, um, but it's masks are only required when you're meeting with clients, right? Or in, in spaces where there's clients. So the majority of people are unmasked uh, most of the time, like at staff meetings and stuff. I, I'm maybe one of two people in a respirator mask and maybe a handful of others in sort of uh, surgy blues. And uh, that's it. Right. But wouldn't you know, we had a staff meeting right before everybody in my office got sick. Wouldn't you know that, Mel? Did you get sick? I sure fucking did. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I recovered relatively quickly, but like it just went around my office then. Right. And it's we could just take such basic measures and and like make everyone's life easier. Like imagine if none of us were taking that sick time, right? Like it just, it, it, it's not helpful. Like none of these removal of protections are doing anything to help our, our uh, professional businesses, our economy, right? Like it's, it's impacting it more by having us have all these shutdowns all the time, all these waves of sicknesses, um, all these staff shortages, but we have, focus so much on the hyper individualization and the freedom component within North America, particularly that, um, I mean, Mel, I, I say this and I mean, it is like, if we have something bad hit us spirally, we are fucked. Uh, yeah. Because like we are in... actually fucked and think about that in terms of what sort of, national security risk are our own leaders putting us in with all of the decisions that they're making right now like they have harmed our population our healthcare system is not working properly um our security systems are probably a mess with everything that's going on they're not doing anything but harming our own country right now and it's sort of terrifying to watch it is because it leaves us so vulnerable for our enemies to attack us like it would be so simple because everyone is basically exposed and vulnerable with damaged immune systems i mean gosh uh and but public even health just in, in, public health just, is dismantled but it's we're dismantled. in this era of rejection of public health it's not even dismantled it there's a rejection of public health um I mean, I don't want to, I'm going to like knock on something wood near me or something, but like, imagine like somebody drops a bioweapon on us right now. Mm-hmm. How are you going to convince anybody to put a fucking mask on, Mel? You can't. Right? You can't. How are you going to convince these fuckers to put a mask on? <laughs> You're not. 
they have screwed us and they've screwed our entire communities because of what they've done. And we talked about this from the very start with the way that Dr. Bonnie Henry talked about masks, that she focused on the individual component, not the community component and how that was going to come back to haunt us. Well, Mel, two years later, here we are. It's going to, it's going to haunt us. Right. And now we're at the place where they're rejecting masks in hospitals, hospitals, hospitals let me say that one more time fucking hospitals (laughs) where our most sickly are and you have doctors out there saying you can't demand i wear a mask because it's no longer part of public health measures fucking hospitals (laughs) i can't are you in the right line of work like what um yeah it's it's interesting like giving people full permission Right to be their worst, their worst selves. To well, and sadly, a lot of people take advantage of that. Right, like sweet baby Crystal wants to believe that they're not going to do that, but uh, then there's reality and like objective reality. Right, the actual data, and that is what people are doing. They are being selfish. They are going to, um, you know, pull away from that cognitive dissonance by. Um, impacting those things around them that let them believe in what they want to believe, even if it's wrong. And that is what we're watching over and over and over and over and over and again on a daily basis, right? Like it is May fucking 2023. And this is no different than the conversation we were having in May 20 fucking 21 now. I know, but now we actually know from, Oh no. Now we actually research three years. Yeah. Of all the research, how like we were even talking about this in our last podcast, how this virus causes damage to the parts of the brain that contributes to empathy oh i've seen so much talking recently i had a couple articles laid up um so if you look up by my uh my tag chris lavinoff and then the uh the hashtags i use are covid research and systematic reviews mm-hmm. um on the male fertility system too i've seen a couple be coming out about um the impact on sperm counts and various yeah. other factors of male fertility so i mean great that's just what we want too, right? And there's there's been a very clear impact in the research has come out in terms of COVID and pregnancies and there being higher risk, right? Like it's... Uh, yeah, I'm, <sighs> I'm sending you a thread here on COVID and induced fetal brain hemorrhages about how they find that the virus passes through the placenta even and into the brains of the of the fetuses. Um, some Some newborns were born seizing... Right. So it's like, it's like we've, it's like we took the social determinants of health and we added another layer on. Yes. Of like medical vulnerability slash um, how much we will fucking kill you willingness. (laughs) Fuck. But it's, but it's only for certain social determinants, determinants of health, right? Like, it's like making it even harder for yeah. for people in it's like it's emphasizing <laughs> all of the social determinants yes. of health it's making all of them worse right now we've Much added like worse. another kick in the ass to everyone that was already impacted um, right. and made it even harder for them that's right you have the financial oppression people struggling to make ends meet those who are are unhoused are completely um pushed closer off the the edges of society right like like 
the the marginalized are marginalized even more. They're pushed right off the edge. Oh, but and they're and, le- they're leaning into it, right? Because yeah. while they have this hyper individualism, freedom stuff, you also see them pushing these extremely harsh responses to our drug using population and to our houseless population. That they are stripping them of their dignity and they're using this sort of emphasis on uh, just gross, selfish impacts of society right now and people are cheering them on and it's horrifying to watch we're like headed for reagan's 80s or something i like i'm just but it's all the the privatization of stuff right like i mean i'm just reading about how alberta has now started charter schools at one time alberta had the most highly qualified teachers they only Every you were only allowed to teach in 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 public school if you had a master's in education, right? And they've completely gutted the curriculum. They've changed everything, and now they're tra- pushing charter schools. And BC's heading in that same direction, unfortunately. Oh, and same uh, with medical care here, right? Like yeah. we're seeing a, a very clear push towards privatization and sort of wanting to um, stratify services whether people can, you know, afford to go private or not, or if they're low-level care, pushing them towards private, um, which defeats the public health care system, right? And it's uh, it's going to also burn out our staff. Because if we think about this, and this is well-documented sort of in the, in the countries that have made that shift, is that as you s- switch from the private to the public system, we'll see the same in schools, actually, right? Um you're going to have the more complex, uh, challenging clients with the most uh, social barriers and those social determinants of health in the public system. um, And we'll only have those clients, right? Because the other individuals will be sort of carted out to different sort of programming or private. Um, And then our staff, our staff's going to burn out, right? Because they're going to be dealing with the, the hardest stuff all the time. And, you know, I'm sort of, already see that sometimes in some of our healthcare systems where um, the low level clients can get private services. That's not who we're seeing in public health and we're not supported with the level of resources that we need. And teachers will be the same, right? Where you're going to have a lot of the the challenging behaviors sort of uh, to deal with uh, lumped into the public schools rather than the private schools and, and they won't resource it. Well, because, because then there's private. private. Yeah. With private, they don't have the resources and they won't resource it. Right. Um, and that's exactly what is going to happen. It's the children with special needs and who require the extra hands-on um, to meet them where they are and they're learning that are going to struggle. And then it contributes more to the social determinants of health and and basically they're, they're limited in their potential because their fate is like, it's horrible, really, right? It's it's, well, like, again, it's, it's it makes it barriers. It's barriers upon barriers. So if if you know, right? If, it's, it's emphasized. It's yeah. hyper emphasized that stuff we already saw, and that's what that's what I've tried to like remind people through the pandemic is like those people that were suffering were already suffering. This has been like a hyper magnification um, to those groups that have been struggling, right? Because um, they're being impacted on all sides with regards to COVID and then, you know, are being hit over and over with the infections. But what's odd about this one too, which is going to be fascinating to sort of backtrack through history in like 10 years is that um, we have this sort of willing 
willing fall into the abyss as well from from privileged people as well um which is going to be really interesting to see as as all the research continues to come and as it uh as the outcomes of covid become clearer and clearer and clearer and more and more documented and it becomes more history rather than um ongoing how are we going to explain that (laughs) what an embarrassing fucking moment in history yeah and then people are going to want answers of like who pushed what, right? Like, why? when could we have stopped this and, you know, actually... Wait, these leaders forget <laughs> that when people finally get to tipping point, they're going to want someone to blame. That's right. right? Someone's always going to get thrown under the bus, guys. Right. They, they just forget that it can be them when they get found out. <laughs> right? But it's fair because, again, they've been they've been applauded and given rewards and and all this stuff while this has been ongoing so you know the narcissist can't see their downfall it's terrible that they take so many down with them well and that's literally just what i was thinking was it's fucking outrageous that there's no options right now other than to watch these people just dig their own graves while they dig so many others as well yeah literally and and all we can do is continue to educate and warn people and tell them, hey, you know what? This is how you can save yourself. No, <laughs> I go family. to work and I talk about the risks and I don't be quiet and I wear my damn mask and I don't take it off. And that's it. Like, I just, I, I don't allow people to question me about it. It's not an option anymore. No. Right? And, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to look like, right? Like, it's these waves of sickness. We can't do this forever. No. I, and... and the baseline is so high now, Mel, right? Like, was that Greg that was putting that up earlier? Hmm, let me go look. Let me see. I mean, it's absolutely everywhere. I mean, Lizzo is sick, and she was sick at the Met Gala. I know, she said she doesn't have COVID, and I'm like, mm, did you get a real test? Yeah, exactly. So how yeah, many people our- got infected at that super spreader event, right, of that 1%, right? Because they had after parties, too. Well, My and people goodness. are, like, shocked that um, they're getting more and more symptoms. Well, yeah, we're getting farther and farther from vaccination, folks, and we have no plan. So everyone's going to be getting hard hit, right? People will realize as, you know, um, they can't, they can't figure out why they can't stop being sick. I mean, um, in, in that thread about, you know, your, your T cell depletion, you know, people need to put two and two together that T cells are also needed daily to help you fight off cancers, little cancers. Oh, I That's know. always like. And with the and with the like the the heat changes and I'm like I'm so worried for skin cancer rates. That's been something yeah. I've been thinking a lot about lately. I I actually think it's going. We're going to see a horrific rise in skin cancers this summer and fall, just because people have now had on average four to six SARS infections and their T cells are damaged and they haven't had a chance to. Well, and our preventative systems are completely down right now, right? right? Like. 
That's right. And it's not just skin cancer. It's all kinds of cancers, right? We're talking about, you know, anything that could be accelerated, like HPV, how prevalent it is, that is going to turn into all kinds well, of cancers. Well, this is the thing is people don't seem to understand is like we all have like atypical stuff going on in our body at any given time and our immune system plays a really important function at sort of breaking that stuff down and, and not allowing it to grow and all those sorts of things. And now we've inserted this this blip right into our our biological imprint and like that's going to change life for some people that's going to mean the difference between them getting cancer or some sort of disease in the future um life life years lost yeah people are not seeing or thinking about the possible disability in the future that they have because if you're not disabled you're not aware that it can happen to you you would think you're invincible right the health privilege right the health privilege you would think you're invincible and that's why people who are immune compromised like you and i are, or i'm disabled is like we try to warn you like listen you don't understand you can develop you know mecfs like mouse you know like and and be completely depleted of energy and be fatigued and debilitated from a virus years later from being infected and and you don't know what's going to trigger it right and like look at ms and the epstein-barr virus right like the connections between things we don't we we have not a full understanding of all of these things and that should have been what was said from the beginning right but they continued to say that they had this figured out and we were going to have this vax only plan and now it's just totally, oh, permeated everything and we're still killing just as many people and the population is cheering it on. It's horrifying. It's our children's generation that I'm most concerned about because they're going to lose a lot of the next generation sooner than we did. And Even so now I look at I look at all the people dying and they're like they're they're fifties, sixties, right? Like it's yeah. just it's so young. We it's so not where we were and you know, birth rates are declining and life expectancy has gone down and like we're in such a weird place um of humanity, but nobody knows or nobody will <laughs> nobody will accept that. Um so they're just sort of like full, it's like they're living in a completely different simulation that has like a layer over what we're seeing. And like, we just can't see it the same way as them. Um, yay, probably for neurodivergence among many of us, right? Like just yeah. for being, having brains that sort of have that pattern recognition built into it that, um, or like a dog with a bone, right? Like we see these facts and then we can't let go of it and, that's annoying to a lot of people in the world, but it's why we've had these conversations for the last uh, three years, right? It's the skills and knowledge lost too, right? Like the experience, oh. skills and knowledge just lost because... I think about how many of our elders we've killed. The wisdom, yeah. all yes. the experience. Oh, it's right. just gone. And, and we may never realize that we're in trouble until it's too late, unfortunately, until we need that one person who has that skill that we need. 
well, to we... stop that freaking asteroid. Who knows? But like, oh man, Mel, man, it. Took, I didn't watch Don't Look Up until the end of last year. Oh my goodness! And it was good I didn't because I when that when it got to the end scene and mm-hmm. they're at the table and it's actually hitting. I'm just like sobbing like this is what humanity would do (laughs) it was just so bad because we are failing like that we are the we are that dumbass group of sheep at this point just like plunking off or like little lemmings like just plunking off the end of the fucking Mm -hmm. mountain like (laughs) yeah didn't we talk about that like a year ago about oh. how, how like we're heading in such a dark place like are we the lemmings and you're like that is such a dark thought and and i can't stop thinking about the lemmings about people just following along mm-hmm. and not putting two and two together about look, where this look, is going the end of the pandemic is over the cliff go guys <laughs> like Okay. that's what's happening right it's like these weird things that are that are being used as carrots which actually have no uh direct orientation to reality um but are simply said and people accept them and like smile and i hear people repeat the weird non-scientific things that are being said about like hybrid immunity or like masks caused immune issues even though none of the people around me were wearing them so i'm not sure how they think it caused that and how could it how could masks not work and work at the same time like i just they're very confused about what they think is happening but they sure are defensive about it aren't they it's yeah it's the defensiveness and i think that's what's fueling the anti-vax sentiment how how angry they get actually the anger around this it's it's quite something well and and again those people that are left sort of trying to advocate for protection measures or wearing masks were that reminder right that they could be wrong and most people don't react to being wrong like we do and this sort of circles back to what i said earlier about um, being willing to adjust with evidence, to be adjust with information coming in. Um, at the root of the ability to do that is humility, because you're you are okay fundamentally with being wrong. Because if you're wrong, okay, you can then take that new information and integrate it and then figure out what the right answer is. Because to me, the fundamental truth is more important than me being right, right? Uh, it's irrelevant whether I'm right or not. I'm just trying to find that truth. Do I love being wrong about stuff? No. But the truth is more fundamental than how I feel about it. Um, that's not what's happening with most people, right? They would rather uh, protect their ego and protect their idea of who they are as a human and, and sort of those selfish notion notions than uh, face the reality that they could be wrong. Because to be wrong would then you know, threaten their ego, threaten those things that they think about themselves. And a lot of humans are actually really bad at facing those things they are bad at or or challenged by. They want to actually turn away from those things. Most humans turn away from discomfort. They don't want to lean into it and actually learn uh, to do things a different way, even if it's a better way. And that's sort of the fundamental problem of what we see in front of us. There's like 10% of us that see the world in this you know, ever-changing, shifting, we can get better, we can learn, we can grow way. Um, 
and then there's like 80% who just don't, they just, they're not going to see it that way. And then there's, you know, 10% of people that are just dragging us down all the time. Um, but that's why we feel so alone as we are. A lot of the world isn't seeing it this way. They don't want to change. No, we've learned that, you know, parents would rather let their children get infected and just say, hey, it's immunity debt just so they can keep going to brunches. It's, it's unbelievable. If someone had told me that this is how it would played out in 2019, I would have been like, no. I would have well, hoped because we in 2019, <laughs> if they had been like, your kid's going to get the flu four times a year, you know, <laughs> like this was, that was never the plan. That was not a, even a comprehend. No one could comprehend that that would have been the plan. Right. Um, and that dates back to the very beginning with Dr. Bonnie Henry, you know, having that five stage uh, plan for the school return. Right. And then in August, uh, before the return happened, just completely pulling that plan out from under the rug and sending it back without anything. Um, that's been sort of their their go-to strategy and they continue to do it. Now it's just there's nothing left to remove. And we're just watching it collapse, right? And we see that with the multiple COVID hospital outbreaks now that have happened since they've lifted those masks, long-term care getting hit again, uh, staff shortages. So uh, they made their bed, hospital but wait times that are into like the whether teens. they're accountable and made to lie in it remains to be seen and that's the problem we've all been watching hoping for accountability but here we are throat punches all around <laughs> so mother these motherfuckers better not show up in terrace <laughs> So what can we do to protect ourselves and our families? Okay, well, uh, I'll show you what I, we've been doing as a family. We continue to wear respirators everywhere. We are indoors uh, or in crowd. We avoid crowded areas. Um, I mean, I avoided those before the pandemic, so I'm good there. Yeah, right. You're not going to see me at a concert. You're not going to see me, you know, in in like... Folks, you ain't going to see me. That's my point. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to see me. <laughs> You ain't going to see me anyway. Um, we continue to wear respirators. Like, um, my kid's still doing his, he's doing outdoor sports, you know, and he's doing it with a respirator and other yeah. kids are doing it too. And guess what? They, they, they stay healthy throughout the entire sports season because they are just taking that just little extra step to do that, you know, and, and I understand it takes, you know, um, opportunity and privilege to be able to afford these protections too. And, but these are the social determinants of health, you know, um, my son is still the only masked kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know my what? Wears, my kid wears eye protection too. And he doesn't care. He doesn't it's care. It's good. He wears his mask most of the time, but the times, you know, the few times that he's gotten sort of, behind on it he's he's gotten sick right so it's it's hard it's yeah it's hard but he he needs to be in school like he again mm -hmm. i've talked about this before but he has pretty severe adhd and like he goes bonkers if he's at home that long like we cannot i cannot provide enough stimulation for him myself and like mm -hmm. i don't want to stop my work and teach 
and, and teach right now. Like I don't, I don't have the financial ability to do those things, right? Like my student loan payments have started and all that sort of stuff. There's like, there's real life factors. Um, so like, what do I do? Well, I wear my respirator mask at work. Uh, so I'm doing the same thing. So I wear that indoors, um, in my office, right by my desk, I have one of my, uh, air purifiers that I'm running, uh, pretty much at all times when I'm at work. And when anybody is coming to talk to me, they're generally coming to my office. So they're right by that air purifier. Um, I also have my air net running to check the air quality um, across time in my office. And that's generally running from between about five to 600 PPM. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I don't uh, go anywhere. So that's not really a problem. So I don't, I'm not like, I, I'm not a person who has a lot of risk in my social life, uh, if that makes sense. So that part hasn't been hard for me. It's been maintenance at work. So, mm -hmm. uh, since I've started, I started my job in September and I think I've had two major illnesses since I've been there. So in about eight months. Bad. Um, I can say knock on wood and, 10 months we had we still haven't had a new COVID infection we were infected last August briefly when I had to remove my mask for an MRI and I brought it home I felt horrible um but um we've managed to stay uninfected and we participate in like daily life and even team sports outdoor team sports um we use um no spray with Carolagos, uh, which has been, I'll, I'll, I'll attach the uh, science here with it, but it's saying, you know, it's been proven to inactivate the virus and it's in the betadine antiviral nose spray. And so we actually use that as a whole family as an extra layer of protection, sometimes under a mask or, or um, after, you know, we've come from a place that's crowded um, we spray before and after just so it has that extra layer of protection and we've remained virus free. We also gargle with CPC mouthwash. Um, Colgate kids has this great unicorn mouthwash. It tastes like bubble mint flavor. It's a CPC mouthwash. My seven year old loves it. It helps him, you know, stay COVID safe and cough and cold free. And my goodness, like, um, he's been able to do team sports this entire year since September and he has not caught anything that has taken him out and and knock on wood and um that you know it's I I I research and I stay on top of the research and 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 do what I can to protect our family right but I don't I've have sharing with people <laughs> Being in Edmonton, I've learned that the best time to go grocery shopping is during hockey games. <laughs> <laughs> then nobody's there. So that is when I go grocery shopping now. Um, but yeah, I there's only so much that we can do at this point. So like we layer up as much as we can, but there still tends to be sicknesses, particularly in the healthcare field. Uh, really now that, that masks have been sort of changed within those settings too. Um so I hope that we see a change in the near future that will bring back at least mandatory masking within the healthcare and, and healthcare uh, sort of allied healthcare settings. But uh, I can't really see that happening, if I'm honest, um, based on sort of what we've seen so far. There's no indication that they would do a 180 like that. 
um, nor that they would have the public support to do that after they have uh, sort of pushed this within the public mandate as well, that, that so many people don't want to see masks. No, and, and honestly, um, now that the emergency has been declared over, I wonder if any of the provinces are going to upgrade any are they going to upgrade any of the the ventilation in any of the public schools now? Like Doug, Doug Ford was asked, like, where's the federal money that you're given to upgrade ventilation in schools? He's like, what? The pandemic's over. Why do I have to do that now? We stopped. Like, honestly, I wonder if that's the same attitude all across the board. They just the kept shit the money. I have seen from these motherfuckers that are like why do we even need HEPA and like purifiers in anywhere? There's no evidence. I'm like, can you not like we have so much evidence from the respiratory, uh, like asthma literature and other things in terms of how helpful it can be to have cleaner air. Can we not argue for dirtier air? Like what the fuck is wrong with people at this point, Mel? It's because the schools, the high end, like the top 1% schools, guess what? They were the first to get HEPA filtration, upgraded ventilation. They had oh, yeah, mandatory the masking. Schools. We yes. know the private schools implemented air purification in their systems in 2020 and 2021 when public schools were not allowed to, when Surrey had windows screwed shut in their buildings, when people had HEPA filters pulled from their classrooms and weren't allowed to use personal filters, even with immunocompromised family members. That's what we saw. Private was allowed to do all of those things. That's correct. And the private schools, even the elite private schools now they are still masking guests Just must like be mandatorily richy riches of davos right like the rich very well informed people are using those things there's a reason that id chips have been developed that can test for covid positive and negative that they use at doors it's not like we're going to be seeing that technology but somebody developed it that's right it's it's dirty air for the rest of us poors and the poor and the hospital business. and the hospital people because fuck those in the hospital right no need to protect them they're already on their way to death's door that is what people are saying out there yeah it's it's literally people who are saying this unless you're in the one percent and i highly doubt you're in the one percent like you need to really think about like and if you are a paid person trying like to misinform people you really need to think about what the hell you're participating in because if you're being paid to misinform people you're literally shooting your own self and your own family in the like in the foot because you're not in the 1% you don't have a private jet you don't have a private physician you're going you're you're literally advocating for the destruction of our healthcare and our public education system by not protecting our resources, our human resources, and 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 advocating for safer working and learning spaces and safer hospitals. Like, you're literally just trying to burn it all down. Yeah, they nuke in it. <laughs> they are. They really are. Like, you want to see what destruction of democracy looks like? Like, this is what's happening right now. It starts with the people that are in the democracy and, and taking away the necessary services that are required well, to the keep root it of going. the Canadian, Canadian exceptionalism at its finest, Mel, right? This idea that we haven't failed in this way before, so we won't fail now, but that's just 
an error in logic, right? You just haven't seen that outcome before, but it doesn't mean that it's not a possible outcome. Um, but people are comfortable in our society, right? People think that they are entitled to healthcare, that they are entitled to all these other things, um, but they are provided by the people, by the communities. And when we fail to um, uphold our community values, when we fail to uphold the social contract, um, those things collapse, right? What you can't, there is when the social contract breaks when you are just letting people die and eventually there will be no one else to force to do those things. And this is why I always feel like it's like the fatal flaw of capitalism and those people who, who want to sort of um, run the most that they can is that it will always collapse the system, right? it will always collapse the system. And that's where we are is that this, this need for more, for more, for more, and to sort of keep our economy as big as it can go. And like this consumerism and all these things that we saw growing, the pandemic just like peaked them all. And then we broke. And that's where we are. We're broken. We're a broken society. And it's sad. All this push to normalcy and to consume What's normal about letting the elderly and the most sick in our hospitals get infected and die? What's normal about that? If that's normal, I don't fucking want it. This isn't normal. We've never taken this approach in Canadian history. This is not how we handled the smallpox pandemic. <laughs> this is not how we This isn't how we handled things. the flu. No. Right? Never, this is uncharted territory. We have never, as Canadians, entered this social experiment where we just let our fellow people die around us. Well, and the push towards privatization and sort of the the structuring of our society around the American principles right now, too. Like, we're just on such a... I don't want to say we're on a downfall totally because for some people it won't be, but for the most at risk, it will be right. They will pay and they have been paying and they will continue to pay the prices of all of these decisions that have been made. And those people are, are okay with it. They're okay with these people dying, these type of people. They're okay with the houses, people being dragged out of the only things that they own and their stuff being thrown in the trash. Uh, they're okay with detaining them for mandatory treatment, but they won't pay for mandatory therapy services um, out in the community when they need them or want them, right? That's the society that is around us right now that will punish those that need the most help um, while saying they're doing the most to help them. Yeah, cool. the, mand the mandatory drug testing right now for BC workers, that's happening, and they are, like, forced to go to private for-profit treatment centers yeah yeah and and you can say what you would like about mandatory treatment i don't really care to be honest uh because mandatory treatment as i say whenever i talk about it is a short-term band-aid right it's a short-term band-aid it gets the problem off the street where you don't want to see it and it forces them to detox it does nothing to change their addiction it does nothing to help them because those are not treatment programs where they're going to get long-term addiction-based services they're going to be in like a six to eight week detox program they're going to get kicked back out and they're going to be back on drugs it's not going to work 
from a former drug user, right? Like you, you are going to deal with a very small acute base of that and not deal with the fundamental issues. And until you deal with both, I'm just going to be pissed off that you, you're punishing them for being addicts. I'm just so perplexed by this whole vicious cycle that's out there, right? Because we know trauma is the gatekeeper to drugs. It's trauma. And, and right. Cause my answer to people when I have this question as a former drug user is the fact that you've never been in enough pain that you turn to something like that, you should consider yourself lucky. Correct. Right. Because all types fall to addiction. All types have these sorts of issues and a huge portion of them comes out of many circumstances. Are there people that use drugs out there for fun and do a bunch of bad shit? Yes. But there's a huge portion of people that are in addictions for a variety of emotional reasons that they had nothing to do with from families that they didn't choose, from parents that they didn't choose, from social determinants of health that have battered them across every decade of their life. So until you can come to me and give an honest account of those factors and say that you're working on those, fuck you for telling them how to use their drugs. We're not helping as a society either. I mean, we are contributing to compounding trauma just by letting COVID rip. Well, and half those people go out and get drunk every weekend and got angry about the two drinks per month recommendation. So... God, turn your finger of hypocrisy around and just go fuck yourself. It's it's the compounding trauma, right? It's ridiculous. Like, how do you deal with a society that is just inflicting trauma upon each other, but then you punish them for trying to deal with that trauma and then not offer any resources to treat that trauma the even better part is these fuckers saying they're trauma informed while doing it yeah that's they they understand how to inflict trauma right they're weaponizing the very terms they're weaponizing the very knowledge and information on these people to then punish them for it Yeah, I don't understand how in in this province, in this city, how you can have mandatory drug testing and then mandatory participation in private for-profit treatment centers and then in the same city have like a corner store where you can go pick up crack cocaine and heroin that's fentanyl-free. Great, yes, yes, fentanyl-free drugs are necessary because, you know, um, our OD deaths are through the roof. Like, so many lives have been ended by overdoses. But how but many then, people who are reaching for treatment right now have no access? That's right. Because, well, they're full. They're or, full. or they can't pay. Yes. Because it's right? private for profit. Because there are barely any, there, the addictions treatment is hard fucking work and the workers in it get burnt out. And we don't have a ton of resources out there for people with substance use issues. So, you know, it, it, when, oh, it just feels so cruel to, to not even have the things out there. It's like, this is this was my issue when we talked about the uh, medical assistance for dying, right? Yeah. And we talked about this for mental health issues. Is that I fully believe in made. I fully believe in in personal autonomy. I believe in freedom. I believe in all of those things. But how dare we 
offer made for mental health issues when we don't even cover therapy services. Yeah, you cannot offer them death as an option if you haven't offered and them And now we see people first. talking about how we should offer made for houseless people. What? Yeah. I'm sorry, death is not a resolution or a or a a, a solution for homelessness like where where are we in humanity what is going on and like if someone has an intractable mental health issue that has you know made them non-functional in the way they want to be and they want to look at made again i'm not against those options but every single one of my clients should have at least access to a full range of actual therapeutic services that are evidence-based for their disorders before they're offered death at the minimum, like, don't they deserve that? Don't they deserve a, a piece of hope if they want to use it? Like, how dare we not even give that, but give death? How little we value their lives, right? And, and we do the same thing with the disabled populations. And again, I support MAID. But how fucking dare we have... 41% of those in poverty in Canada be those that are disabled. How dare we give them so few fundings that they can't even live a functional life as it is because of the just the funding that they have. But right? Like that's this is not a choice for people anymore. We are coercing them into these situations and then giving them this option saying it's an option, but some many people will not feel like it's an option. That's the point. They will be desperate to get out of that circumstances. And sure, desperation can definitely make you suicidal. That's coercion then. That's right. Learning. And again, I want to differentiate. I support this. So there's people out there that want access to this. Yep, yep, yep. I want every option, right? If we're going to have mandatory treatment, how can we not have non-mandatory treatment that people could access before, right? Like we need all of the options if we're going to keep... Um, penalizing people for not taking options. There, there has to be the options first. I don't know. It's like setting a perfect stage up for you know all the, all all the disability and death coming. Anyways, it's just this mass normalization. And well, and you see that the the, the CDC pulled this past week, um, even tracking hospital acquired cases as required. Yeah. There's nothing there. All that what, is in what world would we that. not want that information? The only reason you don't want that information is for what reason, Mel? So there's no accountability, no liability. So people can't sue them, especially in the United States, right? Uh, up until now, they've been tracking hospital acquired cases, they don't want those anymore. That means that people will be able to track them too, right? Um, It'll be interesting to see what insurance companies do with that. Whether they start fighting back legally to get some of the data. I was reading this interesting thread the other night about how um, when artists like at Lizzo's level that generate so much money, they're not contractually, they're not allowed to say COVID if they're ill because then it affects their insurance. Yeah, but even that, Lizzo had strep throat, right? Like, adults are getting strep throat all the time now. But sure, yeah. that's totally normal, right? Totally normal? 
I I just don't recall people being this ill as often before, before 2020. Well, they weren't. There's articles about it, right? Like, this is the thing that the information is there. People continue to deny it. Amel, I wish I could say that we're in a different place than when we talked in February, but we're not. We're worse off, right? We have less protections. Uh, the numbers started going up again when we did have the data, but they've taken a lot of data now. So I don't know. The U.S. is going to stop um, administering tests and vaccines. And like, yeah, we're in the worst place, I think, worse than 2020, because now we have (laughs) waning immunity. We have battered immune systems. In my darkest conspiratorial moments, my explanation is that well, with global warming and like overpopulation, they've just decided to do a full call. <laughs> like it's just like, meh. <laughs> like let's just let's just get it over with and wipe some people out, and then we could start a new right. It's like pulling the band aid off kind of thing. Yeah. It's just like yeah. let's just get a mass death and be like, oops, my bad. But you know, we uh, reduced all this carbon footprint here because if you're dead, you can't. There's no more carbon footprint, I guess. Right. Like, Someone, someone has done the math. I just, oh yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be wild. Clearly there's a wave of sickness going on. What is the new one called? Arcturus. From the XBB Omicron subvariant. So it's so far removed from Omicron in its own. And Omicron has like hundreds and hundreds of sublineages. And oh my god, I was looking at the genetic map it's a crazy. few hours ago and I was like, oh wow. We just have let this thing just grow and grow and grow and grow. And oh, it's just... The one thing that we haven't talked about, which has popped up since we last talked, was the pink eye symptom. Yeah, the pink eye symptom where everyone's calling it allergies. But nope, it's like goopy, sticky eye with the high mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's been hitting kids again. That was seen somewhat, I think, in like 2022. We had a little bit of eye hit, but it's definitely grown since then. So it seems to be hitting with the new variants is some more um, eye stuff, which makes me concerned about sort of uh, transmission via eyes, whether maybe the genetic variations are starting to adapt a little bit and going to get in our googlies a little bit more. But we'll see. Yeah, that's I why still I, have my cool eye goggles. I I wear stoggles everywhere. Like I don't care. Like, oh if- Mel, I have like custom uh, prescription eye goggles that definitely look like I'm a nerd motorcycler or something. I can't wait to pull those out and freak people out. That'll be fun. That's so cool. You're so cool. <laughs> I am just a super nerd and don't give a fuck anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I, I stopped caring. I'm just like you know what. This pandemic has been great for my boundaries um, <laughs> and for my. Uh, fucks given uh, decreasing so um, yeah but hey I was thinking maybe uh, if you're down for it we'll try and pop on again next weekend and get in a flow once again and start going over some of the systematic reviews and whatnot that have been coming out that'd be great yeah they had a new sitter up and it's just been uh, very interesting to see the discrepancies mm, great I'll take a look at that before we meet next then it <laughs> sounds good okay have All a good right. night Mel Good night, and thanks to all our listeners that joined us tonight. Hope to see you around next time.
<laughs> yeah, I mostly pretend the listeners aren't here so that I don't get nervous. But thank you for coming and bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>